Welcome to episode six of the Electronic Gentleman podcast entitled Extended Family. I thought this episode might benefit a little bit from an intro. Um, you know, we've been trying to figure out a good way to approach this topic without it sounding like we are patting ourselves on the back for some grand scheme to create an atmosphere of generosity and empathy within the company. I do think we have something special in the way that we interface with each other and try to keep that small family feel. But that's more a testament to the people that work at the company than it is to any plan that we had at the beginning. This week, I was fortunate enough to interview one of our other partners, Kim Levine. It's a busy time of the year, and she's got a lot going on. But we kind of decided if we were going to do an episode about this at all, that we definitely needed to have Kim on here. Um, she really created the template at core for the family vibe that we have. Um, the small gestures, handwritten notes, gifts that she creates from scratch. You see that kind of thing prevalent throughout core now. People doing things for each other like that. But she was the originator. She started the whole thing. So anyway... I brag on her a little in the episode, but I didn't want to embarrass her too much, so I thought I'd stick all this in the intro. With that being said, I hope you enjoy episode six of the Electronic Gentleman Podcast. This week, Eric... Um, is doing something super important and has decided that he is not going to join this week, partially because we have a guest on here. This will be the first time that one of our other core partners, Kim Levine, is joining us. And Eric has it in his head that that's too many people to have on at one time and that it would create confusion. The holidays will cut him some slack. Yeah. And he's probably doing something for the company. You know, he's. He might be. That's true. All right. So anyway, I think before we get into the official topic of the podcast, I thought we could do a little bit of a background on you. Eric and I have talked um, since the beginning of the podcast about our experiences with starting CORE, but we're ultimately going to have Donnie on here at some point too. And I think it makes sense for us to do a little background on all the partners and some of the employees too, as we have them on or as they choose to come on. Um, but I guess one of the questions I think that we already answered that I would be curious to get your take on is what was it like for you taking the leap to start core? And was that a decision that you toiled over or was it kind of a once X, Y, Z happened, you knew it was time? Yeah, I, th I think it was a, I, I tend to go by my gut a lot. So I think there was a time, a point in time after um, you know, I'd been at a large company for, you know, 12 years. There, there was a point in time where I, I just felt like it was time to move on. And I felt like the next step was doing something on my own or with a, you know, small group of people. So I feel like it, over time, it sort of became inevitable almost that it was the, the next step. So I think I was ready to do it when we did it. Yeah, because once you get it in your head, it's sort of hard to, to get it out, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, I do think that that's what kicked it off for us, too, is we started thinking about 
you know, how we could be enjoying our job if we only had X, Y, and Z or, you know, and then you just kind of think, wow, we could actually do that and be happier. And that would be really exciting. So that's really, that's what, that's what kicked it off. I think was, was wanting, just wanting to be more in control of our happiness, I guess. Now at the time, I didn't know you as well as I do now. Um, I think we had worked together a couple of times, but knowing you the way I know you now and that you're a warrior like me, um, how difficult was the, were those first few months um, before we actually started getting work? Yeah, uh, very difficult. <laughs> it was, um, you know, I guess it was like kind of an equal mixture of excitement and anxiety and panic and fear. You know, like it's, you're excited, but, you know, that it was a huge step and getting it off the ground was very difficult. And, um, you know, it was, did not go smoothly. And yeah. um, we, we had to figure some things out. And along the way, in the beginning, um, you know, you start to worry for sure. Is this going to work? Is this, you know, can we can we handle not taking a salary? You know, can can my life handle that? Can my husband handle that? You know, lots of things kind of came up because it wasn't real smooth getting started. Yeah. And, you know, at the time you bore a lot of responsibility for the work coming to us. There wasn't anything that any of us could do to solicit the work, but you had been working um, on some large matters. And I know that some of our first clients were some of the clients that you had worked with in the past. So I know that was probably a lot of concern as well that, hey, I hope these people decide to go through the extra effort and track us down. And it was extra effort. I mean, it's it's difficult yeah. to take a chance on a small company, I think. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I mean, every day I, th- I thank my lucky stars that the folks we were hoping would come our way did. Um, but I do think, thinking back to that point in time when we were just discussing it and thinking, could, could we make it work? I think I had a certain amount of confidence in the relationships. Um, there were only a few, but they were, they were really good relationships. So I, I just, you know, had, I just kind of thought we could make it work, uh, and they would come our way. And thankfully they did. Yeah. Thankfully they did. And, you know, it only takes a few really good clients and it's amazing how, uh, much we relied on those one or two clients at the very beginning. And, um, boy, we really appreciate the, uh, them taking that chance. Yeah. That, I mean, they really did that. I don't, you know, we couldn't have done it without them. I feel like we, we call them our benefactors. You know, they really, they kind of came in hand in hand with us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and helped us get off the ground because they, they came right away and they had big, big stuff. So. Yeah. And in all fairness, you know, we've, we've made the point that it's not so much that they're taking a chance on a new company, which to some extent they are, but more importantly, the clients that they're trying to convince um, were willing to do it. But the fact is when you're on site with these attorneys, that's when you develop relationships with them. And um, you had some strong relationships where people just didn't feel comfortable working with anybody else. And I think that uh, if we, if we had not had that, and fortunately when we brought in some uh, additional people, um, they had relationships like that as well. But at the beginning, there was a lot riding on your relationships and uh, I hope uh, you didn't feel all the pressure back then that we were all putting on you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was okay. I mean, it, it, 
I just was sort of hoping for the best and we luck, we kind of lucked out in that it, it just kind of fell into place. So I, I wasn't really feeling that much pressure. I guess that was, that's where the confidence in the relationships comes in. Is there anything about the company after what are we in our ninth year um, that is different than you expected? I know that's sort of a tricky question, but is there anything that looking back, you're like, wow, I'm really surprised this turned out the way it did? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I, I'm surprised at our growth. I, I don't think I ever thought we would get to 20 plus people. I think in the beginning, you know, the, the vision was we start out as a small team and maybe we get to 10 or 12, you know, and I never really pictured it getting much bigger. And then it just made sense obviously along the way and we grew and we're still growing. Um, I, yeah, so I would say the size maybe has surprised me and, and possibly the, the satisfaction and fulfillment that's come out of it. I don't think anyone really knows or expects what it's going to feel like. And so I'm kind of amazed that we, we actually made it work. We're here and we're doing well and happy. Um, so maybe that's a, that's a nice surprise. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And there's been a lot of, you know, it's been a process. One of the reasons for this podcast is, you know, Eric likes to, you know, he wants to point out a mistake we made in pretty much every show. And we did make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, you could see how any, any one of those mistakes along the way could sink a company um, if it is not grounded um, in some other ways. And I think the fact that the, I, I find it kind of unusual that there are four of us partners in the company, but thinking back on that now, uh, the way that's ended up, I think um, our different personalities really help us to overcome different obstacles. Whereas if it were any one of us, I know I would have struggled significantly with certain of the obstacles and, and maybe others as well in different ways. Yeah, I would totally agree that our the four partners are, were, again, with feeling very grateful and lucky in some respects that our our personalities just mesh and, you know, have this want to make it easy on each other sort of way about us. And that just helps to make it work, I think we just get along really well and it's been easy to work with you guys. You know, one thing that I think is um, maybe a factor is that I think all four of us would rather have quality of life um, than achieve certain business goals. And I think that's inadvertently, you know, it's sort of like you, you start something so that you can um, kind of carve things out the way you want them to be. And I think mm -hmm. if any one of us had these different ideals about the company needs to reach X dollar revenue within a certain amount of years, I think that would be a different kind of pressure. And I think it's fortunate that none of us really have that. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. So, well, the, the purpose of this episode is, well, I'm going to brag on you for a bit. Um, you have always been the catalyst for this um, kind of close-knit family vibe that we have. I'm surprised that we've been able to maintain that. You know, when you start a company and you've only got a handful of people and you start thinking about, well, you know, Christmas gifts, I, sh I should maybe do something, a nice gesture or some sort of small gift that's personal to the person. You know, as you start to grow, that gets harder and harder. To some extent, I say that you're the catalyst for that and that going forward, it's a testament to the good people that we have. And that bleeds over into other things other than just you know, holiday gifts, it just 
trying to be empathetic when other people have things come up in their lives that they need support. But obviously, as the company grows, it just gets harder and harder to maintain those close personal connections. Has that become more challenging, and is it still a process that you enjoy? Well, I mean, honestly, I think I'll always enjoy the giving whatever you can to make someone happy sort of general aspect. Um, and I and I think that actually it's just in my DNA. I think my I, um, my parents, you know, brought us up to kind of be that way. And it it's in my DNA. I can't imagine not doing, you know, whatever it is we've done. I can't imagine stopping that. Yeah, the question, of course, comes up if, if we get too big, can we continue with sort of intimate family, you know, relationships where we can do things for people that take time and effort? And uh, I'd like to think that we could keep it up. But, you know, it, it gets harder. It is a lot of work. But again, it's it's just that I get a lot of enjoyment out of the work that it takes. So um, I'm not too worried because I just feel like we'll, we'll find a way. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, I think that, um, as I've said before, um, I like to think of myself as a nice person. And at times I think I can be generous, but I'm not particularly thoughtful. In fact, my role at CORE, I think, has just been to do April Fool's emails <laughs> that cause panic and actually cause some of our employees to cry uh, because they did not know it was fake uh, until after a long period of time. Uh, so that's my that's my legacy, really, and that's that's my contribution. So um, I'm glad that but there's really other people. <laughs> you really do care. <laughs> yeah, I do care. I do care. I care most about um, humor. Secondly, yeah. I care about the people. No, that's not true. I, I felt really bad after I found out that. Uh, just as a side note, one of our employees got my um, very long, formal-looking letter about um, some major change within the company, and then that person ended up having to go to a meeting without being able to get notifications that we, she would have found out like five minutes later that it was a joke. So she had to deal with that for the next couple of hours. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's one of my proudest moments. April Fool's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they don't call it that for nothing. You gotta, right. you gotta participate. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the, your, um, the motivation behind it. You are, you've kind of been raised to, um, be empathetic and to, um, think about things that would make people happy. Do you also enjoy the kind of customization swag creation, if you will, because I've always thought that if you had the opportunity, you would work on the marketing stuff most of the time, if you could, is that your kind of your favorite uh, thing to do? Yeah. I mean, that really just, you know, that's like my passion, I guess you could say. Uh, I I don't know why I'm exactly. It could be, again, with the way I was brought up and um, the, you know, the creative projects and art and crafts and stuff that my mom would, would help me with. And, you know, so I get a lot of it from her. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just the way I am. And there's a... Um, joy in that sort of, you know, creating something again, that like is surprising or, or different or that people just aren't expecting and, you know, making people happy again, it's real simple. You know, it's just this wanting to do, I guess, some fun things, you know, making the best out of 
what can be grueling situation, our job and wanting people to know that we're thankful for them. And again, the, the golden rule, you know, I, I would, when we started the company, it was early conversations were about what would we want in a, in a perfect company? If it wasn't ours, you know, what, if we were to work for someone else, what would they, what would we want them to do for us? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where what I do and like to do is just, well, what would I like someone to do for me? And maybe a lot that comes from how I was brought up and what my parents did do for me. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Is that kind of work? Um, is that kind of how you got into the creative side of things? Um, was that your, um, your first, um, foray into creative stuff? Well, I, I think professionally this, this has been the first time I've really you know, in, in past jobs, you know, for instance, at the larger company, we we didn't really have an opportunity to do any of that. You know, the, the role was strictly graphic consultant and marketing was handled by others. So, uh, but I will say that early on, not, not a lot of people know this, but early on, senior year of high school, maybe I had a small business with my mom of gift baskets. So really? we, uh, it was called Basket Case Creations. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that was, that may have been the very first foray maybe into creating, you know, bundles of joy for people basically. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and maybe the, the spark of entrepreneurship also was back then. Yeah, definitely. That That's two birds with one stone right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that um, we have managed to maintain this with the number of people that we have. Like you say, we're over the 20 mark now, um, soon to be probably over the 25 mark. Do you think that part of being able to maintain this environment is that way the other company is structured? There's not a competitive nature to the way that we interface with each other. And you know, I know that practically speaking, it's not unusual for companies to have some sort of competitive structure. But if we were all competing for hours and credit and things like that, I just wonder if we would be able to maintain any kind of, uh, obviously, you'd have the common decency factor, but the, you know, I can take this over for you and the mindset of just being able to help whenever you can, would that have been as easy if we were in more competitive situation? Probably not. I I guess, um, you know, we're lucky that everyone that's joined us is sort of open to this sort of, uh, I don't want to say cult like thing we've created, but everyone really, we've found really great people that also are empathetic and, you know, creative and fun. And so everyone kind of joins in on it. And I think, you know, hopefully enjoys it and sees it for what it is. Whereas if we had more of a competitive environment, there could be, you know, we might be worried about being judged for, you know, the cheese factor, you know, I don't know some, but, but everyone just kind of lets it, lets it happen. And that's another thing I'm always very thankful for is it's the sort of everyone indulges this thing I, I like to do, um, in partners and the employees, I think that they just, um, let it happen and make me feel like it's worthwhile to do. Yeah. So 
Well, yeah. It, it makes a big difference. And it's one of those things, I think, if you're starting a company on the list of things that you're prioritizing as to what you think is important, something like this might seem like um, kind of further down the list or an afterthought, when in reality, it turns out um, to be, I think, one of the strengthening factors um, for the company. You know, I was, um, I think back to our comments in previous podcasts where we talk about we hire for culture as opposed to skill set. And obviously you've got to strike a balance and that we tend to grow organically. But I think all of us are on the lookout for that moment when we feel like we may have, you know, made a decision where culture wasn't the priority and whether something like that could ever derail um, what we're doing. And I think that's why we're particularly careful about we really do hire for culture, um, not necessarily out of some belief that it's the right thing to do, but just because I'm worried that we're going to spoil um, a good thing if we um, start using other criteria above that. Yes, I, I totally agree with that, Derek. Spoil a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's I, that is top of mind when we hire, for sure. Uh, because, you know, what whatever it is we've created here that that's working, it's different for us than it would be for, you know, another another company. And maybe they find success the way they're doing it. But for some reason, we've found a group of people that all really appreciate this sort of work life that we've created. And it includes a lot of little surprises, you know, mm-hmm. and perks. And I think there's some intangibles in there, too, that 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 comes with that. Um, and thankfully, yeah, we've, we've been very careful to not ruin that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some of that has just been, we've been very fortunate with the people, um, that we've yeah. hired because you could, you know, you can see that thing kind of going off the rails if you're not careful. And I, I guess, so, you know, for us to kind of summarize, um, to keep thematically, what have we done wrong and what have we done right? Um, with regards to core, I think that it would be impossible for us to say that we orchestrated this environment from the beginning. It's not like um, we knew that we would be able to maintain this, but hiring decisions and hiring for culture, I mean, this is um, a great example of why that matters. If you're in the market for hiring people, knowing if they're going to fit in and and taking a chance sometimes if the skill set needs work, if you know that that person's got the right work ethic and um, the character and just kind of the what you believe to be good human nature um, right. really makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely that the human nature. Um, I think that we when we've hired, we have, you know, done the gut check on the personality and uh yeah, you know, I think Eric says something like you, we can teach, you can't teach the culture, but you can teach the skills kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, being able to fit into our culture is definitely most important. Right. Well, I know that you, um, last time I talked to you, you were getting ready to do um, some holiday cooking, baking, prepping. It's all coming up really quickly. And I know that this was a busy time of the year for you to take a break and do a uh, show, but Thank you for taking time out of your day. No problem. I was happy to do it. All righty. Well, we'll uh, see you next time uh, and hope everyone has happy holidays. 